and your your body reacts to all stress the same way you know it it agitates and it uh kicks in the fight flight so your nervous system you go into the fight flight there you could be a little more on the sympathetic dominant side and then uh you know cortisol and the whole thing the breakdown of the hormone pathways affecting the gut and everything else in your body are you struggling with bloating gas constipation and fatigue but don't know what's causing these problems the gut health reset podcast with dr Anne marie barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut this podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health Today, we have a very special episode on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. We are covering stress and gut health and the different types of stress. So not just mental, emotional, but also bio-stress and as well as chemical stress. And this shows how your body can go into a state called metabolic chaos and your hormones will go off the line and you will end up with things like leaky gut and you'll end up with gut bugs. And our guest today gives us usable tips to be able to fix the body utilizing a very simple acronym called DRESS, which addresses your diet, your rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. You don't want to miss this episode because so many people are affected by stress ultimately affecting how their gut functions. My name is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and I am so grateful to have all you guys here. So thank you so much for being here and supporting and listening. Please subscribe and say hello and let us know what you want to hear more of. And if you can give us a five-star review so we can keep going and promoting and um, doing great episodes for you because we do this for you. So my special guest today is Reed Davis, who is a board-certified holistic health practitioner and a certified nutritional therapist. He's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition and the FDN certification course with over 3,000 graduates in 50 countries. He also served as the health director at Wellness Center in Southern California for over 10 years with over 10,000 clinics, clients, and known as one of the most experienced clinicians in the world. He also serves on the advisory board of the American Natural Wellness Coaches Board and the American Association of Natural Wellness Coaches. Hey, Reed, it is so great to have you back on the show. And um, I think we're going to get a very different perspective today on some of the problems and gut health and what, maybe what contributes. And so, you know, there's been a a lot, basically a motto that says gut, everything starts in the gut, but you have a little bit different perspective on that. So how does stress impact the gut? Yeah. Thanks for asking. You know, uh, 
that is a very common expression. I think it's even in the Quran. I've heard it's in other great old texts. You know, it's all starts in the gut. And I'd say, no, my studies in my 22 years in the business, having run thousands of labs on thousands of people, um, not necessarily. It certainly circles back to the gut. It circles around to the gut at some point. But what I found is that with stress, and it doesn't matter what kind of stress, it could be uh, mental, emotional stress, physical stress, pain and, and uh, injuries and these kind of things that, that last a while. Um, it could be chemical stress and biochemical stress. There's, there's all forms of stress, but it typically raises cortisol, your stress hormone. And what's funny about uh, cortisol is your body goes into fight flight. And what that does is shut down digestion. And it can even go deeper than that and shut down, you know, because digestion, the stomach, the gut, it's uh, 80% of your immune system. So immune system starts to go down when you're under stress. And I think that's what creates a weakness. You know, I'm, I, I subscribe mostly to that. It's not the bugs so much that might be in your gut, but the host. It's like, well, why do those bugs uh, have a place to thrive? Why are they thriving so well in your gut, causing all this gut dysfunction, which then downward spirals to leaky gut? We can talk about any of those things you want. But no, I think stress is the number one contributor to ill health. And it doesn't matter what the stress is. And we can talk about those hormones or anything you want. But yeah, it begins with stress. So when we're looking at stress, you know, there's, there's, you named a lot of different types of stress. I think that most people think of stress, like, oh my goodness, I'm so upset. Um, my job is stressful, but they don't think about the, the, basically the environmental chemicals that you spoke of. So let's go ahead and just for starters, how long do you need to be under stress to suppress your immune system? Is this one day? Is this one year? Like what's kind of generalities that you've seen? Oh, I've seen everything from just constant stress. I had a school teacher, for instance, and I was showing her the, the stress curve, how your cortisol will go up. And then after some period of time, you know, your body just can't maintain it anymore. So it goes down and that's when you start having symptoms. And she said, oh, yeah, that stress period for me was 22 years of school teaching those little brats, you know, <laughs> and she um, lost her son. You know, just she never had another period after that. So stress can be um, a long term chronic thing that will lead to long term chronic problems or it can cause sort of instant uh, issues for a person just overnight, basically, it depends. And you probably know about um, people with uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. they usually have something in the past that was an accident or trauma or something. So I just, I don't want to uh, beg off the question. I'd love to explore it with you, but it's really hard to say, answer your question, how long does it take? It depends on the person and the type of stress. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned with um, your patient that um, is a school teacher, you mentioned basically a pretty, pretty big trauma on top of chronic stress with her job. So, you know, you mentioned kind of two different types of stress that maybe put her into what we call the exhaustion stage of stress, right? So would you say you also mentioned a couple other types of stress. You mentioned um, chemical stress. So what will we see with, with a chemical type of stress that would really um, affect the gut? 
Yeah, well, uh, back in the 90s, I was saving the planet. I was an environmentalist and a, and a conservationist. Well, it can be really bad. This can't, you know, there's 80,000 plus chemicals in the environment. Um, that's uh, something like 250 barrels of chemicals per person. There are chemicals in our food. There are chemicals in uh, not just the air and water and things like that, but in our household care products, in our uh, personal care products, in our furniture clothing. It's so full of fire retardants. I consider it to be an envir environmental hazard for, for children. And so obviously that's a form of stress. And your your body reacts to all stress the same way. You know, it, it agitates and it uh, kicks in the fight flight. So your nervous system, you go into the fight flight there, you could be a little more on the sympathetic dominant side. And then, uh, you know, cortisol and the whole thing, the breakdown of the hormone pathways affecting the gut and everything else in your body. Your body makes its own chemicals. And when they're out of balance, they can be stressful. Okay. So when, you know, I think that, sorry, I think that one of the biggest things that concerns folks is, oh my gosh, there's chemicals everywhere. I can't live. I don't know what the first step to take is. This feels very, very overwhelming for me. And so when we're looking at, you know, chemicals in the environment, chemicals in our food, what do you think the first couple best steps to take are to maybe reduce the chemical exposure to maybe not kick off the stress response in our body? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, so I, I always take the broadest view possible first and then try to dial into where uh, you're going with that. And so um, you have your body, you have your genes, your genetic potential. You can't change who your parents were. You, we kind of have to play the cards we're dealt there. So you're getting signaling, all kinds of signaling, and it will change you. Now, it could change you for the good. If you're always out there in the fresh air and sunshine and uh, your life is happy <laughs> and things, you know, you have a, your genetics, your genes have a chance to express themselves in a very positive way. But if it's the opposite, every day's you know, rainy and cloudy and full of pollution and uh, smoke and, and, and these things that are in the environment, um, not to mention the mental emotional stressors, and then the things you do to your body physically, you know, personally, I've had quite a few injuries from sports and motorcycle riding and things like that. So you take uh, some abuse and depending on your genetic potential, you are able to survive and thrive. And even, you know, depending on how well you watch things, how much attention you pay, I like to say it takes a certain level of self-awareness. And so, so that's the first thing, I guess it's your point of view. You, know, you have to get up and say, I'm going to be in control of my own body and I'm not going to put control of my health into someone else's hands. Now, you're a good doctor, Dr. Barter, and, you know, people come to you for care and that's OK. You know, if there's something specific, but otherwise, you know, it's your own responsibility. And that's where I start with everybody is like, you know, OK, obviously they have their history and their problems and all the things that they'd like to resolve. Um, well, whose job is this going to be, you know, and, and so I start with point of view, maybe even just getting up every morning and, and saying a little thankfulness, uh, you know, 
prior or something like that, you know. Um, and I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but I, I really think it begins with one's attitude. Then with that attitude, you can start to dissect. Now, I have, um, as far as the epigenetic influences, again, remember, it's us, it's our genes, genetic potential. Like me personally, I will never be an NBA star. I don't have the genetic potential for that, right? But, um, but you know, there's a lot of good in the world I can do. But um, so I'm meeting up with these influences. Um, I moved out of the city. I live up in the hills east of San Diego in the mountains, basically. It's a little cleaner, uh, you know, not as subject to all the noise and things like that. It's perfectly quiet and beautiful. So I create my own personal environment. And you could break that down to just uh, what is your sleep environment like? You know, are, are you getting a good night's sleep? Is it dark and quiet and, you know, um, the right temperature and, and all these different ways to sort of create um, sleep hygiene? So we need to look at our uh, sleep's a good one. Um, diet, obviously, is the next thing. I have uh, order a lot of food, um, fresh, organic things. Um, my wife and I will drive into town from time to time for stuff, but uh, we pretty much both work out of the house here. Um, and it's a good environment. I'll just say good as it gets, I think. But um, uh, so you've got your environment. Um, diet's the next thing. You know, what an epigenetic influence that could be, you know, and, and is on a daily basis. You're, you, you're made of food. Your whole body is just an accumulation of everything you've ever put into it. And so when you start, again, having the self-awareness point of view that you're in control, uh, you can make some pretty good decisions about where you live about the air you're breathing, the, the noise and uh, sort of other types of pollution that are around you. And then, then it's down to daily habits, lifestyle. It's down to your, and I have a five um, letter acronym that might be helpful. It's called DRESS, D-R-E-S-S, -S, Dress for Health Success. And the D stands for diet, obviously. We use metabolic typing. Uh, it's, it's a genetically uh, designed um, diet. Uh, then rest, and I mean sleep plus other forms of rest, resting your brain and your emotions and things like that. But rest uh, and sleep are very, very important. So that's the DR. The E obviously would be exercise and physical therapy. You know, exercise and we've all suffered uh, tumbles and our bodies lose sort of connection. Uh, but we overcome it by just recruiting other muscles, but it's not a totally natural way of, of using our body. So we want to do some structural integration and things, but you know, that goes in the line of exercise, taking care of your body. So DRE, diet, rest, exercise. Now the two S's are stress reduction and supplementation. Now stress is ubiquitous. We've already talked about three different kinds you know, the, the mental, emotional, the physical trauma and pain types of stress, and then the chemical stress. So there's lots of ways to sort that out. That includes, that's where my lab work comes in very, very handy, Dr. Barter. We, we do a lot of testing for hidden internal stressors. And then, of course, the supplementation. Don't have my own line or anything like that. I've been told, hey, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. I'm like, well, that's okay. You know, I just like to, you know, know about supplements and I teach about them uh, and they're very, very helpful. 
Um, there's basically, I call it the three or four S's of supplementation, substituting from what's not in your food, because food is, it's not what it used to be. We eat clean as we can, organic, you know, less pesticides and herbicides, but as for nutrition, you, you probably going to need to, um, to supplement, you know, or substitute with these, uh, things you can buy, uh, for what's not in food. And then of course, support, uh, supplements can support ongoing, um, weaknesses or deficiencies and things like that. You might want to support your adrenal glands, for instance, or your ovaries. Another S is stimulation. And that would be for, if you're going on a trip, you want to stimulate your immune system. You're going to come up against some germs and things. People don't want to take drugs anymore, hardly. Um, and there's ways you could sort of self, like if you had some mild, uh, you know, parasite or fungus, uh, bacteria, you can generally use age old botanical products for that kind of herbal things that are very potent, very strong and less toxic than drugs. So I lean that way. So that's the DRESS of health success. So many people struggle with bloating, bowel issues, brain fog, fatigue. You might not even have any gut issues, but did you know the cause of it could be food sensitivities or gut infections? What I have done is I have brought a talented functional nutritionist into my practice. We have very similar training in the nutritional world. And her name is Alexis Appleberry. She is awesome. So you can head on over to our website, Alt ALT FAM FAM Med MED, and have a consultation with her and schedule so that she can help you get to the root cause of your problems. Awesome. I think that really sums it up. I have a couple questions like to from spinning this off because that was a really great way to, to um, summarize. So you talk about epigenetics and genetics, and I think there is a common thought process. Well, these are just my genetics. I can't influence my genetics. This is just the hand that I was dealt. My, everybody in my family has high blood pressure. Therefore, I'm going to have high blood pressure, blah, 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 blah. What's your comment to that? Because you very clearly said that you could influence your genetics by food. So I just wanted to get your take on, on that piece. Perfect. What a great question. You know, just because your mom had it and your dad had it, they call that familial. So you have familial hypertension, high blood pressure, these kind of things. And it just means that you're predisposed genetically. It doesn't mean you have to have it. So you have to do the things that are going to keep those genes from switching on, keep them switched off. A perfect example is my cousin. He's a priest up in Kent. He's an Anglican priest. And he must have done something wrong because they shipped him way up north to where it's almost Eskimo land. <laughs> I always say, what transgression did you commit against the church? You know, that they sent you way the heck, you know, up into nowhere land. So anyway, so he's got these two Cree Indian villages. That's almost Eskimo. And I called him. This is 20 years ago. But I said, hey, Chris, Chris Davis. I said, hey, Chris, um, when the people in your villages, you know, uh, need it, what, do they go to a medicine man or a medicine woman? You know, what do they do? Um, he goes, well, I'm their medicine man. You know, I'm the priest. I go, no, not, not spiritual medicine. I go, I just, if they get sick and he said, oh my God, read, he goes, they're all sick. They're all sick because they quit trapping and hunting and fishing. And what they do is they eat crap. 
that comes up on trucks. You know, there's a lot of mining towns around there. So they eat convenience food and they're all sick. It's so wrong for their genetics that they're, they're, they're like 80% of them have diabetes. They're obese. They're suicidal. They're depressed, especially the women, things like that. Uh, infant mortality um, might be better than it used to be, but still a bunch of depressed, suicidal, alcoholic, obese diabetics, you know, I said, oh, okay, I guess, you know, they're all going to the government clinic and getting their insulin. And that's exactly what's going on. Why is that? Because it's bred in the bone, what they should be eating and their, what their genetically, uh, what their genetic requirements are for diet. So when you go against what's bred in your bone, you're going to pay the piper. And so these, uh, you know, 80% of all doctor's visits are for chronic degenerative diseases. They're not for trauma things like that. It's for ongoing stuff. And they're being told these poor patients that it's your genetics, that, it, oh, it's just your genes. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, you know, and that's a load of crap. Pardon my French, French Canadian. <laughs> I agree. I think it's a load of French Canadian no. crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And so, uh, you know, I think the other stress you mentioned was biostress. What is, what is biostress and how do we avoid some of that type of stress? Yeah, probably I'm referring to the interior stress, the things like we do get parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses. And I just call all of these negative influences, whether it's that uh, or whether it's the electromagnetic frequency or radiation or wh- whatever it is, some of it's just invisible. Um, some of it's in our food and we, we could do something about some of it, but I call the effects metabolic chaos. That's a phrase that I coined because, you know, I'm not into diagnosing and treating specific diseases. That's what doctors do. And that's great if, if you got to, but, you know, when you, as soon as you diagnose uh, and start treating one specific thing, let's say hypothyroidism, you're leaving all the other healing opportunities off the table. I mean, what about all the other things going on with the person? And, the, and then, of course, we use we apply the general principles of health building that are found in the dress for health success system. So rather than diagnosing and treating specifics, where they come from that biostress, that's just one, biostress is one um, factor in the milieu that makes up metabolic chaos. You have hormone issues, you have uh, immune system issues, you have digestion issues, you have detoxification issues, you have energy production issues on a cellular level, nervous system imbalances between sympathetic. So you have a lot going on. Why pick one thing to work on? Why not work on all of it simultaneously? And, And with a holistic program like Dress, you actually are addressing every single cell, all the tissue, all the organs, all the systems, the entire organism, uh, you're having a truly uh, supportive, nurturing, um, uh, holistic, um, epigenetic program. You live this way, you get these results, most likely. You know, uh, we don't guarantee a lot of things because we're not really in control. Eat, that's, and I go back to the where we started. Control is in your hands uh, and not mine or anyone else's, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting? One of the, the biggest things that I see in practice is, 
you know, people are almost addicted to their stress. They're almost addicted to, um, to maybe the chaos associated with, um, my gosh, I am so needed at my job, you know, and I think that that gives people purpose, but it kind of goes to almost a perfectionistic tendency or, you know, something's bad in my marriage, or I don't have anything to be grateful for or happy about. Like, why would I feel that way? And it's interesting to see kind of that stuckness when somebody doesn't feel good. I almost feel like those two systems perpetuate each other. I don't feel good. I feel bloated. I feel gross. Um, I can't poop. And, you know, my marriage is on the rocks and I just am needed too much at work. And how could I change my diet and how could I do these things? So what's kind of your, uh, what's your advice to folks in that type of a situation, (laughs) kind of a, kind of a uh, chasing your tail? Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't get weird, but weird here. But, you know, um, people do that exactly what you just said all over the place. It's this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I remember years ago, uh, I I pulled into one of those drive through little coffee things that are in parking lots. And it was a two sided one. And I pulled up and ordered a small coffee. The guy on the other side ordered uh, he ordered um, a large coffee with four sugars and four extra shots of coffee in it. Now, he was self-medicating because he was one of those guys you're talking about. This is who I am. This is what I do. Now, I, I edged forward. I got out of there first. I saw he was driving a, a drop-top BMW, you know, and this is a guy who's doing really well. And he's successful, but he's completely stressed out that he, you know, at, at, at the afternoon, he's drinking four shots of coffee. You know, that's that's a form of medication. And so <clears throat> people... I think they just don't examine their lives. And someone said somewhere, the une- a tragedy, the tragedy of the unexamined life. And people do get addicted. They just get hooked on it. And that's what this is who I am. And this is what I do. So there's a time every day when you pause and reflect and you separate yourself from what you think you are and what you do. You aren't what you do. You're not your body. You know, if I cut off your arms and legs, you'd still be there, right? The you would still be there. Now, if we removed a lot of the thoughts and memories and things that you've accumulated, would you still be there? Yeah, you'd still be there. So these accumulated thoughts and impressions and emotions, you know, emotions uh, are just juicy thoughts, I've been told. Uh, that isn't you either. So you're not just a collection of thoughts and impressions and emotions and memories, and you're not your body either. No, I won't say what you are, but I'll say that you're not that. And examining that fact is a really good thing to do that would, I think, save people a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bad feelings, a lot of um, misemotions and, and anxiety. So, Let's say somebody isn't ready yet to take the step to to change the stress, to change their outlook on the on stress. And the stress is going to perpetuate for years and years and years, you know, in the example of the teacher you gave, you know, 20, 25 years. What is going to happen to our body, to our hormones, and to our gut? What are we going to see with these types of chronic stress? 
You know, that's another really interesting thing because the idea of accumulated contributors to metabolic chaos. So you have all these contributors and they accumulate, but we're so metabolically or biologically individual, the manifestation, the symptoms that come out could be almost anything. And I'll give you another example. So I had a, uh, this has happened to me so many times. I can't even tell you it just, just dozens and dozens of times, whether you want to take migraine headaches or uh, kids with asthma or, or any of these sort of serious problems. Um, I've run labs and then change that person's environment and lifestyle, the signaling, so to speak, give them a really good holistic dress for health success program and miracles occur. Miracles. People who with at a lady who uh, five days a week was in a dark room with a pillow over her head with migraines. And within just a few weeks was just out and about and doing things and shopping and, and stuff. Um, she still got the occasional what she called ordinary headache, which I still don't think is normal. But what a, what a miracle. You know, I had a kid with uh, asthma. He couldn't show up to football practice. I, I coached football for fit, youth football for 15 years. Uh, he can't come to practice. He's having an asthma attack, but can he still play on Saturday? I said, no, he can't play on Saturday. You have to practice. So we did ransom labs and got the kids lifestyle changed. A lot of it just around diet. And he was back to practice every day, never became this great athlete. So I go on and on and on with these stories that the input is this. It's the environment and lifestyle factors. It's all the pollution, all the crap in our foods, all the uh, crap on TV, mental, emotional, physical trauma and uh, chemical stress. But the manifestation where it shows up in a person depends on the person. The variable is the person and that you could just dial it down to just diet. The same diet that feeds one person uh, will poison another over time. And so we're that individual. So I think I'm trying to answer the question in, in a broad sense that there is a way to look upstream for what are those contributors to metabolic chaos and to remove them. Because to answer your question, what happens to the hormones, what happens to the gut and so on, it just depends on the person. But so that's why I don't work based on symptoms or even you know, sort of what you might think is the immediate cause. Um, I could name a cluster of symptoms and you could say, well, that sounds like thyroid. And you, know, you could test the thyroid and find out, yeah, it's, it's under producing or there's not enough thyroid hormone. And you could stop there and say, well, here's your thyroid replacement hormone um, and everyone's happy, right? Well, no, because all the contributors to the hypothyroidism are still there. So that's where we go and that's the broad view we take. And I'm not sure how else. I know that's not satisfactory to some people, but it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. It definitely depends on the person. Would you say that a lot of times the chronic stress of lifestyle, of environmental chemicals, of diet will lead to leaky gut? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a downward spiral. And the, the beauty of our work is that as long as there's time to investigate and collect some data and then apply some general principles of health building, it works like 100% of the time. Uh, when people come to us, we'll run some labs and then give them things to do for three months. As opposed to what's done in standard medicine is you, you go in, they might run a lab and then give you something to take for three months. 
and come back. And so we're much more concerned with what happens between visits than on the visits, you know. And so um, uh, you just have to follow the program. And, um, you know, the stress is the key. We always want to look as far upstream as we can, figure out what those stresses are, remove them. And the healing is always done by the body itself. Like I've never cured anything. I've never healed anything. I've just gotten stuff out of the way so the body could heal itself and then support that healing with nurturing. Again, the right diet, a good amount of sleep and rest, a good amount of exercise right for a person. Again, keep pulling away the stressors and then supplementation is important. So I, I think I answered your question. Sometimes I get lost in the... And the excitement of being able to do this stuff, you know, we run labs to figure that out. And you said something else that I think is um, really important to circle back to. You said, you know, somebody on chronic stress, you know, may miss um, a period, their, their cycles, their hormones go down. So what have you seen with chronic stress and, and their, in the relation to hormones? You know, it's funny because it that will actually lead right into the gut question that you asked me. <laughs> because again, with so with when you have stress, uh, your hormones got whack. Most most women know that. Men men seem to know it too. But um, but you know, you know that you get uh, your cycle gets disturbed, uh, and it's happening earlier and earlier. Um, people are going into menopause at like 42 instead of 52, like it should be. Um, you've seen perimenopause start very early, right? In your practice, I'm sure. So it's stress. Stress um, raises your cortisol and it tends to reduce your DHEA. You have these anabolic and catabolic hormones that are really important to keep in balance. Your cortisol is catabolic uh, and your um, DHEA is very anabolic. And by the way, when you think of catabolism and uh, anabolic activity, um, you're really talking about metabolism. Metabolism, which is all uh, life forces happening at one time, um, can be divided in between those that build you up and those that break you down purposefully, you know, so you can replace old cells with new. So you have these catabolic and anabolic activities, which, and that balance can be measured through cortisol on one side and DHEA on the other. Well, DHEA, if it's lower because of the amount of stress, cortisol is going up. Uh, DHEA is where your sex hormones are made from. It's the parent of your testosterone and your estrogen. So it's very, very interesting. They have another branch that where uh, progesterone comes in, but they get out of balance. We find women who are estrogen dominant all the time. And that leads to anything right up to cancer. I mean, it could be just that you feel crappy or you have tender breasts or you have you know missing periods or shorter periods or longer periods. And, and, then, and then eventually to even worse, much worse things. So stress can do all that to you. Now, at the same time, it's affecting your gut. Again, it's shutting down the secretory IgA, one of your main uh, defense mechanisms. It shuts that down. And then you get bugs. The normal bacteria that should, you know, because we eat germs and we should be able to just poop those right out, you know, but they start to be able to hang around and they, they cause more imbalance in, in the microbiome, you know, so you get this dysbiosis. Well, then it just circles down to your other question, which is about leaky gut. And we can go into all that too. I mean, the science is amazing. Um, 
I don't think it's how deep you go sometimes. I think it's how you go deep that matters. So we have to be able to apply all this to a person. I could rattle off a bunch of scientific stuff that would just put people to sleep. You know, you need to know that it's simple. You have your genetics, you have the environment, and you have your lifestyle. And if you are self-aware and pay attention, you can start to dial it in. So if there's enough time, then we can help you. If you're if you just got off a plane from West Africa and your temperature is 105 and you're bleeding from your eyeballs, you're not going to call your nutritionist, you know, holistic lifestyle coach. You're going to go get an urgent and emergent care. That's what you need to do. So that's when there's no time. The, the, the um, downward spiral is so contracted that the observations I would make can't be capitalized on. There's no time to let lifestyle medicine handle that. You, you, so you get your emergent care, then you get into the lifestyle medicine. I think that's great. You know, I think there, I th- I love that you brought that point up because I think there's a time and a place for everything. And it, it seems to me that people feel like they need to pick one. A lot of times I get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Will you work with my MD? Will you work with my immunologist? We, yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't I do that? You know, we all have a different role and we can all play in the sandbox together, but for certain things, I'm not super qualified to work on X but they are, or I would send you to the emergency room for why, you know, I think that that's a really good point. I think that there's a time and a place for everything. So I really like that you brought that up. And, it's a good, yeah, good go thing. And, you know, I, I get the, the question a lot and folks are like, okay, well, that was all really good information, but I have a family with five kids and I'm so overwhelmed and I want to take the first best step for my family and uh, for the people that I love in my life, et cetera, of like the dress, you know, for success. What would be the first step that you think is most important to take for people that are just starting this journey? You know, other than the, uh, the self-awareness and, and appreciation, uh, the point of view that it, it, it takes, sometimes you have to change your, your paradigms a little bit. You know, I mean, is the cup half full or is it half empty? Stuff like that actually matters. And so if you start there with that, we can do something about this. We're going to take back control of our own health. We're not going to put it hands of others. We're not going to believe all the stuff we see on TV. You know, so... Um, uh, I would start with the, the dress program, look at DRESS and see which one's your weakest area. So if it's your diet, Hey, we just eat like crap. You know, we go to bed on time. Some people are very regimented. I mean, and they're actually sleeping pretty well. Well, you don't need to start there, but you do need to make sure you keep it in, you know, that you are going to bed, your kids are going to bed. They got their homework done. You know, they're going to get up early, go to school. God, hope you know like that that continues but you get the point so DRESS is the beginning and the end and um you would pick your weakest area so we find people need to change their diet a lot awesome I think and they need to work good. on stress reduction mm-hmm. and the rest will fall in place usually yeah I agree with that wholeheartedly so um Reed, where can people find you if they want to get more information about what you do um, and all of that jazz? Yeah, I would go to uh, FDN Thrive. 
So FDN is the what I practice. I created, I'm the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Now we have a website for practitioners called functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but our public facing program is fdnthrive.com. Uh, and it's it's just a place you can go and get information. Uh, no one will be sold anything. Um, you know, you'll be taught, you can talk to a counselor, talk to someone and, and see where you might start your journey. You know, I, I always say, we don't sell solutions. We sell a pathway. It's a pathway. And it's sometimes it's a little narrower than we like for a little while, but, but that's good. for you. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, totally. We'll put those links down below. Okay. And Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and information on this topic that is huge. And we just tried to titrate it down in a pretty quick amount of time, yeah. but huge, huge topic. So thanks for trying to, you know, make that easy for the listeners here today. <clears throat> and thank you everybody for listening. We really love and appreciate your support. If you love what we're doing, please hit subscribe, say hello, let us know what you want to hear more of. We always look forward to hearing from you and take care. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.